Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit celebrationchurchlive.com. Um, we're in the second week of our series um, that we just call Christmas Lights. And of course, I very much uh, enjoy Christmas lights. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do this afternoon is finish putting up my Christmas lights. Uh, they're partially done. And so we're going to get that finished. And And uh, Christmas lights are just a, a special thing in, in my life. My parents, uh, all while I was growing up, part of our thing. We would always open our gifts and do all of our our home family Christmas on New Year. I mean, not New Year's, on Christmas Eve, Eve. And so we would always do that then because we had other family stuff to go to the other days. And part of that, since we were doing it in the evening, our parents would load me and my sisters up and we would drive around Odessa and check out all of the different Christmas lights, which were all on homes. And, and then that we would go home and out of enjoying that time together and and then slide into the opening the gifts and all that that entails and then when I moved to San Angelo and then saw the river lights and Odessa at that time didn't have anything that even remotely compared to what San Angelo has done and I was just like oh my god oh my goodness this is just incredible um and these are some real lights and to this day we still load our family up at Christmas before we do our gifts and carry and go through the Christmas lights and it's just part of the festivities for me but as we look at this series, the Christmas lights, we are intentional with this because a light is something that illuminates. And it's something we need to make sure is turned on, that it's, it's fully engaged because it helps us to see. And if you missed last week, we uh, talked about making sure that the light of worship was activated, that the light of worship was on because this season should be about worship and it's empowered by us bringing worship into this man we're going to miss so much I mean every little aspect that can certainly be an act of worship having to go to HUB and get all the stuff for the meal that can be an act of worship but if it's just a, something to, to check off it's if It becomes a burden. And that's not what this season was meant to be. It shifts things. And so as we get into today's lesson, we're going to look at turning on the light of sharing. If you've got your bulletin, if you've got your Bible app, however it is, you're going to track with us. And we're leading off with this idea that the truth of Christmas shines light on the truth of God's love. That's what the whole season is about, is that God loves us. And he loves us so much that he sent Jesus like this And though this isn't a, a revelatory truth for us and then something new and fresh, that's the problem. It's not ready, no, and for us during this season, so I think it's just so relevant. And 
believers, and he says, but I'm afraid that just as your minds may somehow devotion. They have sincere and pure devotion, but he's concerned that the enemy is going to come in and, and carry that in an unpure and so he's given them a warning. And we need to make sure that our devotion stays sincere and pure. And we don't just and miss what's supposed to have happened. I mean, we, we have seven kids. And so we've, we've had a lot of And there's a lot of traffic in and out the doors, and a lot of stuff. So we've always taught the kids you know, you come up to the front door, there's the doormat, and it's not simply decorative. You come in and keep as much of the outside outside, and so we already got enough stuff to deal with. For a little while, um, we did not have a doormat at the back door. It, it ended up wandering off, and we didn't have one. And Carson, our youngest son, who's now an expectant father, um, he was about uh, little Noah going to be here next spring. And uh, female Noah, by the way. Four-year-old Carson, he'd go to the back door through the house, go out the front door, be out there, and um, what are you doing? The whole house that you've kind of your feet all the way through the house, and he. We'll fix that. We'll fix that. We'll fix that. We'll get that. We go all the way through the house, and then, and so in there, right motions, but did not got the right. get in that loop during this season. That we say, did we do this? Yes, we did it. Did it get the result it was intended to? Maybe not. And so when that what this season is about about sharing the love and the blessings that is about. This season is a season of sharing and a part of it. And we give because God gave to us course you and I we're, we're the body of one another is appropriate it's an appropriate kind of sharing there's another kind of being willing to give that doesn't affect your budget at all um, it's not something that you have to save up for but if you're a believer in this room if you're a 
you. Now, if you're in this room this morning and, and you got invited by somebody and you're still kind of checking out this whole Christianity thing, um, you, you get a pass on this. You just, you're just enjoy our coffee and donuts and, and, and we're thankful you're here and hopefully you get something out of this. But if you're a believer in this room, th- this is for you. Because if you're a believer, you have something. You have something for this season of sharing. And that something is your testimony of what you have experienced of God. And this is a time for you and I to share that news, to share it, to share what God has done in our lives. So I'm so thankful we share meals together during this time. I'm so thankful we share gifts with one another during this time. But the most important thing you and I as children of God carry, we have to make sure we're sharing that during this time season as well. We've got to be willing to do this. When we look at Luke chapter two, which is the nativity story, um, we will get into and read it in just a minute and uh, read a little bit of, of that. But as we look at that, this is, there's the space where the angels, um, they show up and, and they declare the news to these group of shepherds who are shepherding at night. They're taking the, the hard shift. They're there in the cold and the dark um, and the, the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus shows up through an angelic visitation to them. It's an absolutely amazing, amazing scene. And we're, we're going to look at their response. But before we get into that, there's a, a place where um, whenever I was first cutting my teeth in ministry, my, my senior pastor, the one who, who mentored me in ministry, Dr. John Huller, um, he had uh, this little thing that was written by his pastor, um, that was called a prodigal fun, um, which was a, a prodigal son story that was just all alliterated. It was just all told with words that begin with an F sound. And uh, so I had heard that. And so this, this dates back a long, long time back. And, um, and so, but I had decided, huh, I love the nativity story and especially the shepherds. And so I, I wrote this thing many years ago um, with uh, the story from with just a bunch of H words. So you'll just have to, you'll have to humor me on this. And uh, so you'll be able to read along. So when the herdsmen had heard the heavenly host hail the highest hallelujahs, they hurried to the hay hammock to behold hopeless, hapless, helpless humanity's heaven-handed hero. Having heeded the harbingers and beheld the husband, helpmate, and holy inhabitant of the hayholder, hooray, howled the herdsman, humanity has hope. Having hearts heaping with hilarity and hankering to help, they hastened to herald the huge headline. How horribly horrid it would have been to hold hostage the humongous happenings. And so... Thank you. My younger self says thank you. But there's a place where that's the heart of the, 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 what the shepherds teach us. Is they had their experience, but they did not keep it to themselves. They went immediately to to share with others. In fact, let's look in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. It says, when they had seen him, 
they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. They had left their sheep. They had left their responsibilities. They had gone to see, is there really a child wrapped in swaddling clothes? Is it really laying in a feed trough? Is it really laying in a manger? And if so, this is, we've just been given the biggest news ever. And they go and they check it out and they see it and it's true. And they don't go back to their sheep. Instead, they go to the people that need to know about it. They instead go and share it with others of what God has done. That is what you and I are called to do. This is part of the original story. The original night on Jesus' birth, people shared the good news. You and I, we have something to share. We see in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, this is the wise men, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. This place of sharing, of being willing to be generous, of of open up and, and expressing what God has done in your life. It's part of the original story. It's a reasonable response to what God has done for us. What God has done. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see Paul remind us that all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. See, as soon as you receive the first gift, the gift of Jesus, the gift of his son, you're immediately given another gift right there with it. We receive the gift of Jesus, we receive the gift of forgiveness, and then we're given the gift of the ministry of reconciliation. You and I now carry the news. We now carry it forward. Verse 19 says, and God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. That is the news. The news is not that you can come to church, you can try harder, you can do better, you can begin to get these words out of your vocabulary, add these words into your vocabulary, quit listening to this music, start listening to that music, dress different, act different, and then you can finally become forgiven. That's the message of religion. The message of the gospel is you are forgiven. You are. You're forgiven. Jesus did it. You're forgiven. The work's already been accomplished. Are you going to believe it? Are you going to believe that it's already done? That you stand there having done nothing different, having done nothing, you're, you're already forgiven. It's already been done. That's the message of the gospel. And then we say yes to that. And then we're immediately allowed to hand it out. Guess what? I've been forgiven. And we get to tell others, you've been forgiven. And you've been forgiven. And you've been forgiven. We immediately, on having received it, we now get to pass it out and tell others. 
Luke chapter two, verse 13, it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus breathes his first little infant breath and peace and favor have shown up. It's not that it's at the end of his earthly ministry. It's that it's already arrived. The good news was already here. God had presented his son to humanity. The good news had arrived. That is the message of Christmas. See, there's the two big holidays for you and I as believers. There's Christmas and there's Easter. There's Jesus' birth and then his death and resurrection. And for some reason, you and I as people of God, we tend to celebrate the whole idea of reconciliation and restoration and, and God doing something miraculous in our lives with the Easter story. We celebrate his death and, and his burial and his resurrection and, and the salvation that is culminated out of that. We celebrate that at Easter and for some reason we don't bring that into this time of the year. For some reason we forget that this is a time to celebrate restoration and forgiveness as well. That it was in this season that it was declared peace and favor that God's plan had been put in motion. And just as, the, as true as he's put it in motion, he is faithful to complete it. He is faithful to complete it. See, even if you just receive the truth of God's grace, it's yours to pass on. There is no waiting period. There's no waiting period. See, a little kid with a Christmas gift... He gets it. Get a little seven-year-old. He opens his brand new gift. And it's got all these buttons and all these stuff. And he's so excited. He doesn't even know what it does. And he's so excited. He immediately turns to his cousin. Or he turned, his friend comes over. And he's like, look, look what I got. Look what I got. And he's like, what does it do? I, I don't even know. Let's push the buttons. Let's figure it out. They're, they immediately begin to share they immediately do that. We, they get it intuitively. They just want to share what they have received. But for some reason, you and I, when we receive the greatest gift ever, we kind of like go, oh, let, let me learn a little bit more about this before I tell somebody about it. Uh, let, let me let it kind of work in my life a little bit. Maybe I'll look a little different, and act a little different, and then I can say, Okay, yeah, let, let me point, to, point you to Jesus. No, the truth is, is that's seeded in a lie from the enemy. He wants us to feel like we can't share. He's irritated that the gospel found it into your heart, but he wants it to just stay there. Because he knows the gospel moves from person to person. That's how it moves. It moves from person to person. It doesn't move any other way. It moves from person to person. And you and I here in San Angelo, Texas are thousands of miles from Bethlehem. We're thousands of years after this amazing event, yet you and I are celebrating, are getting to embrace the fullness of what Christ accomplished. Why? Because 
over those thousands of miles and thousands of years, somebody shared. Somebody opened their mouth and went person to person over that time span. And you and I, we have to make sure we're not dead ends. And that's why with the gospel, there is no waiting period. As soon as you received it, you can pass it on immediately. And there is no story that points it out better than the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. But Jesus is traveling and he's ministering and he goes into the village of Samaria and it's there in the middle of the day and he stops at the well and his disciples go to find some food, leave Jesus there and there's a woman who comes to the well in the middle of the day. Um, women typically went to the well at the beginning of the day. They draw their water at the start of the day to be able to have water for the day. And of course, as all the women gathered around the well at the start of the day, well then that's when they can visit and talk and hang out and spend time, you know, catch up on everything. It was just the original water cooler moment. I mean, they're at the water well and they're hanging out there. This lady, she chose to go in the middle of the day when all the ladies had already gone, got their water, had their conversations and left. She made sure she was there by herself. You ever pick a time to go to Walmart or HEB that was weird because you didn't want to see anybody? And then sure enough, you run into somebody trying to not see you. And you're both just ignoring one another. We ain't here. This lady was that. She was doing that. She was there at the well at a time trying to not run into anybody. Why? because her reputation wasn't one she was proud of. She was not proud of her reputation. She didn't want to have to deal with being ignored. It's like, I'm going to be alone anyways. I might as well actually be alone. I don't want to see them roll their eyes when I walk up. I don't want to see those things. Because the truth is, is the woman had had a list of relationship problems whether or not it had come out of some modeled brokenness in her own parents, whether or not there was a place that was just a void that she was just chasing after different spaces. We don't know her backstory, but something brought this repetitive brokenness in the area of relationships with men. She had had five husbands. She was living with somebody that was not her husband. And she'd come to the well to get some water and just be left alone. But there's Jesus. And Jesus is there and he talks to her and freaks her out. She sees he's a Jew, it bothers her. She begins to have a, this discord, this conversation with Jesus. And it goes back and forth and she, and Jesus finally just goes there. He's nice, he's kind about it, but he mentions that he's aware of her story. And here we catch up in verse 25. It says, and the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. 
And Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. And just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. See, in that moment, in that day and age, there were some societal pressures that would have had Jesus not talk to her. But praise God, Jesus doesn't operate off of societal pressures. He operates off of love. And love says, I'm going to talk to you when everybody says, I shouldn't talk to you. And even his disciples were bothered by it. But Jesus wasn't bothered by it. He lived in the tension over and over again. And, and, And yes, there may be some societal things that still pull at us today, but Jesus will will just ignore those and come right into your space over and over and over again. It says, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, she opened her mouth. She left her water jar. She showed up at the well with an agenda. I'm going to fill this water jar up. And she got so filled up, she got a new agenda. Like, I don't even care about this anymore. All of a sudden, the things that you just had you preoccupied, you have an encounter with Jesus and you can leave those things behind. She left them aside. It was not even a thing. She walked in with a weight, was going to add weight to it, and she walked out completely weightless. She walked out completely free. She moved on and she went in and she now goes to the people she was trying to avoid. She now goes to the people she didn't want anything to do with. She goes in and to tell the people and look what comes out of her mouth. Come see a man. Come see a man. She was willing to just deal with the fact that they would go, oh, another man? Sure, what is this? Number 22, 67, what is it? She didn't care. She said, no, 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 no. No, 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 come see, come see a man. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? See, when Jesus knew her, there was no condemnation in it. She's like, this guy told me everything I've ever did, and I think he's the Savior. I think he's the one that was prophesied. Why? Because when you're fully known by him, it's not condemnation. It's revelation. She's like, I finally have felt seen. A man finally saw me. He didn't see what he wanted from me. He didn't see what he expected of me. He saw me and he loved me. I think this might be the Savior. I think it might be the Savior. And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. And many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. They believed because she opened her mouth. He told me everything I ever did. And so when the Samaritans came to him and they urged him to stay and stay with him and they, she, he stayed two days and because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. That was still a factor. But now we believe for ourselves and we know that he really, this man really is the savior of the world. See, it's up to us to share this gift of grace 
In 1 Thessalonians 2, see that, we lo- that Paul says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well because you'd become so dear. It's part of it. When we begin to love it, we're delighted to share what God has done in our lives. We pick up in 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 19 says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He's making his appeal through us. How does that work? We open our mouths. We open our mouths. We share. We share what God has done in our lives. This is part of the mandate that we've been given as believers. Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Matthew 28.19, so wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. During this season, we're doing a lot of going. We're going to the store We're going to Christmas parties. We're going to family gatherings. We're doing a lot of going. I'm just going to ask you to pay attention to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have a sermon prepared. You don't have to have scriptures prepared. You just, this lady we see at the woman at the well, she just shared her experience. That's it. Just be prepared that with somebody during this season, you share. This lady, her testimony was hours old. Her experience with Jesus was hours old. A lot of us in the room, this room, our story's been marinating a little longer than just a couple of hours. Our testimony has been building a little longer than just a couple of hours. If it's been a while since you've told somebody what Jesus has done for you, find somebody to share with this season. Open your mouth. It doesn't have to be every person, every encounter, but share it with somebody what Christ has done for you. Our bottom line today is this. is a heart to share keeps Christ at the heart of Christmas. That's what this season is about. We love the rest of it. We love all the festivities. It's all about it. But we're going to keep it about worship. We're going to keep it about sharing. We're going to keep it focused on Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.